Australian rugby is back. We have finally got a win in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman and it is a pleasure to be with you once again this week on Ruck Me Dead, the Batuta Advocates podcast in partnership with Stan Sport. I'm joined by Errol Parker. How are you, Errol? Good, mate. Always good to get a win and it's always great to get a win away from Brisbane. Absolutely. Up there in Townsville, Fortress Queensland Country Bank Stadium. I think we should have all of our games there uh, moving forward. I would not be opposed to it at all, Errol. And producer Dave, how are you? Mate, I'm absolutely buzzing. Just still over the moon and on cloud nine with that win. We're back. We're back. We've been saying it all year that Australian rugby is on the rise and Kiwi rugby is on the decline. And I think um, Saturday night was a real real display of that. We're going to talk about all those games. We'll talk about the Super W fixtures being released. The French not wanting to come out here. Yep. The uh, rejigged World Cup for the ladies next year. Yep. 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 So plenty to talk about outside of that historic mm-hmm. win up in Townsville. But that is where we're going to start off. It is. Thomas gets it away. And the dry spell comes to an end in an absolute thriller. And Aussie side has finally rolled a Kiwi outfit in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. What a match. The last 15 minutes, the Chiefs were sensational. How good? Mate, it was just a uh, a real team win, Mm. a team effort. I loved it, but like in saying that, there was a lot of terrible, terrible things that happened in that yep. game on behalf of the Reds. Yes. I mean, you know that this this game didn't need to be this close. No, you know, no. I, I think I think that Brad Thorne's really, really going to give these boys an absolute flogging at training mm-hmm. this week because they uh, didn't slam the gate shut when they should have. I mean, that, that gate was open for a long, 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 long time. Oh, baby, yeah. We we probably didn't need to leave it to a 79th-minute Lacan Tui tackle as the Chiefs try and break out of their half to win the game. No. Um, but, yes, a win's a win. That's what they always say. A win is a win. I reckon Brad Thorne will be giving it to him, Errol. I reckon you're right there. He said after the game that um, the last couple of weeks hadn't been what Queensland's about and what the Queensland spirit is about. So he um, will be pleased with that first half, obviously, but he'll be getting into him about that second half because you, um, you can't be throwing away a 33 points to three lead at halftime. No. And they nearly did that. And I think that all comes down to uh, basically match fitness. Mm. I mean, where if you look at when the Reds made uh, a lot of their subs in the forwards, you know, it was about 10 minutes after the Chiefs had. So, you mm. know, you've got your cows on the paddock for a bit longer and the... And I think that's basically where the Chiefs started to turn it around when yep. they got some fresh legs on the paddock. But I mm. guess uh didn't really help that they got a red so early in the first half to those poor Chiefs. Oh, did the Chiefs get a red card? I I think they did. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. yeah no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they did. They yeah. tackle. Um, on, they lost their fly half um, it 20 was minutes a, yeah, into the it game. Was, it, it was oh, a pretty yeah. critical um, player to lose mm. uh, at the 22nd. Bloody minute, and only about five or six minutes after they just lost, old Chase Taylor out on yeah. the wing there. So 
Yeah, not ideal uh, losing your fly half 22 minutes into the game. But, hey, credit to the Reds. They took their chances there. They capitalised it. They played some scintillating rugby. They did. They scored some fantastic tries that I think you can only score when there's only 13 <laughs> Kiwis on the paddock. But I guess, you know, you look, that's just rugby, mate. You know, you've just got to play the hand that's dealt to you. And the and as it turns out, uh, even with a few more cards in their deck, the Chiefs lost. Yeah, exactly. you got to take your chances in this game, and that's what the Reds did. It's not their fault that Damien McKenzie goes running and swinging his shoulder into Tate McDermott there. That's a red card in rugby league almost. You know, you, you, you would say that. That's that's close to a send-off in any code. And um, Although, they, but Tate did play for another 45 minutes. Yeah, no, no concerns I mean, for a concussion there for Tate. No, he seemed to be fine. But I mean, look, even after, you know, receiving what, you know, was quite obviously a mild concussion. He was still able to pass the ball. He was still able to read plays, yep. providing great service to James O'Connor. And yep. Jock too. Jock on fire with the boot. And mm-hmm. if you ask me, that was the real effort that got the Reds across the line in the end. I yeah, mean, I was... his kicking all season has been stellar. And mm-hmm. a lot of those conversions weren't easy. Yeah, I think it was a dominant display by Jock there, but there were some really good performances across the park. Taniela Tupo and Lacan just running in open space, but running hard, running real yeah. hard. Suliasi Vunavalu, oh, he shrugs off defenders and looks so good while he does it. That I'm bloody, so excited about him. That bloody Taniela playing 70 minutes mm. as a tight head prop. And he runs as hard in the 70th minute as he does in the second minute. No, nah, you can tell he's a non-smoker, mate. He has got some serious <laughs> lungs on him. He's got a big, big motor. But yeah, the Reds, they took their chances, and a lot of Australian teams haven't been doing that. They've had opportunities down on opposition try lines. They've had cards go in their favour, and they haven't taken the opportunities. Yeah. And the Reds did it. They've got us that first win in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman, that much, much-needed win. Mm-hmm. And we're Although- ready to go for the rest of the competition. A lot of blowback, though, from uh, the land of the uh, long white cloud. They're saying that the refs um, should be arrested. <laughs> that they, uh, the land of the long white wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're saying Nick Berry yeah. is a cheat. <laughs> he yep. is a cheat and he stole the game from the Chiefs, which is incredibly rich. Yeah, well, if there's one thing that this pandemic has been a, a bit of a benefit on us is that we haven't had to suffer the indignity of being reft by Kiwis. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I guess this is an example of what can happen when we have one decent half of refereeing. Yes. You know, we've had some appalling refereeing, some Kiwi refs putting in some appalling performances, allowing Kiwi players to lie all over the ruck, allowing Kiwi players to put on high shots, allowing Kiwi players to tip him on the head. We get one half, one half of fairly reft rugby, and that's what the Reds can do. You know, yep. I think it's yeah, it's definitely something to consider. So, well, yeah, that was also quite evident too in the penalty count. I mean, it, mm. the Chiefs. I think um, you know this is obviously at the root of why Kiwi rugby is on the decline, is because the way that they play over there in New Zealand, it's against the spirit mm. of, of the game. Where you know, there's little you know tiny bits of cheating here, cheating there, mm. and then when. The bubble bursts and they come out and they play, you, you know, good, honest, hardworking teams like the Reds and the mm-hmm. Brums and, yep. the, and the Force. And, the, and they're not allowed to the push Rebels, the boundaries. They're I not guess. allowed to do those little cheats. And they have a ref too that's from outside that little Kiwi yep. bubble. Yep. They do have to suffer the consequences of the fact that in, you know, the wider spectrum of the game... Mm. They can't get away with that outside of New Zealand. Yes, exactly. I mean, because we play a different 
more honest mm. version of of the sport. Yeah, and yeah, we we try to follow the game to the letter of the law and the way it should be played. You know, we're not yep. always looking for a for an advantage, a way to just pull the mm. wall down over the referee's eyes. And I think I mean, you're spot on there. Like teams of high integrity. I mean, you know, like teams like Ireland come to mind. You know, the French. Mm-hmm. I guess the new. French team, mm, they yeah, not do the play. French days of old. Not the French of old, you, you know, with their, you know, handsy business around the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I think once the French get here, the New Zealanders need to wise up to the mm. fact that they're going to have to play this new, honest yep. style of rugby that exists outside of of New Zealand. Rugby with an integrity. Yeah. I will take my um, my Reds and Wallabies hat off for one second and just say about the Kiwis who are blowing up about um, Nick Berry stealing the game from the Chiefs and then being robbed. You're 13 and 0, guys. 13 and 0 in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. Maybe just... Like, maybe just let that one go. Well, like maybe I, you just don't feel aggrieved. I think you're completely underestimating, you know, the greed and the narcissism that comes with being a New Zealander. Mm. I mean, you know, just take a look at what's going to be out on four corners. Y- mm. You know, you've got the Kiwis who will basically do anything for money and, and fame. Yeah, they, they always want more. They always want more. And they got more in the other games this weekend. Hurricanes absolutely diddled the poor old force. Second man play and no look pass. Listen, bit of footwork goes in and out. Johnny Barrett will have the final say in an entertaining night for the 9,200 here at McLean Park in Napier. Johnny Barrett. And no one more deserve it as well. Can't say I was surprised about this, but mm. the force at the start of the season, you know, when they were playing in the domestic competition, they did, you know, they were showing a lot of promise. Yep. But I think, look, they don't have, especially in the backs, they don't have a player that can stand up to Geordie Barrett. Yeah. I mean, look at the, just, just look at the points that he scored. Yeah, they looked a little bit tired, a little bit frustrated with their attack. They've been putting in big shifts. They've been trying to lock it down. And the... Um, the Canes got up a little bit of confidence after some hot tries and the force didn't capitalise on their opportunities and it just started to look like they ran out of steam, really. It does you know, look they, like they ran out of steam. They were a bit a bit lost for ideas. But in the next game, the Tars and the Crusaders. For this Waratahs team, yet to register a win. Tries to bring it back. Or faded at the very last minute, but that's full time. The Crusaders, they march on. It is 54 to the Crusaders, Waratahs 28. A few more positives for the Tars, I reckon. When we said earlier on in the season, a few months ago, we said 100. That's what we said. I we said, said 100. Yep, yep. We said the Crusaders were going to raise the bat on the poor old Waratahs down in Wollongong. Yep. But they didn't. The Tars, with 20 minutes to go, were actually within touching distance of the Crusaders. Now, they were never going to win. No. And everyone knows that, but they were in touching distance, and that's something. Yep, but look, again, you've got players like Richie where if you give mm. them a chance at taking points, they will take points. Yep. And then a good uh, a good reply, though, from um, from old Harrison down mm. there at fullback. Mm. I think he, uh, he had a good kicking game. But he kicked a couple of conversions, kicked three penalty goals, but... Look, yeah, he looked good. A lot he, of positives. Yeah, but, yeah there you is. You know, I know 
we were saying this last week is like um you know it was another very high scoring game mm. involving the Waratahs. Yeah, they can score points. They can, but like that would just piss off fucking Rob Penny so yeah. much. Yeah, the thing that would have frustrated and the, the rest of that board. I mean, like it just kind of looks like the, the the Crusaders would get out to a pretty comfortable lead, mm. and then they just kind of you know try and run a few hot plays that don't yep. go their way, and then you know the Tars would come in, score a couple of points, and then the Crusaders would be like, yeah. all right, let's. Tighten the screws a bit. Yep. And they Let's sp- flick the cruise control yep. back on. But yeah, they came within touching distance after those couple of hot tries, 20 minutes to go, and then mm. they received the kickoff. Instead of young Harrison just going, let's get this ball out near the halfway line, let's reset, let's try and D up, they run the ball off the kickoff from inside their own half, offload over the sideline, yep. crusader score, game over. Yep, I saw that and I was, uh, I was a bit confused yeah. um, as to what that was about. But yeah. look... I think, look, that just comes from, you know, youthful yep. experience. Yeah, yeah, exuberance. and, and yeah. Just getting a bit too uh, hot and happy. Yeah, you know, and yeah. look, I guess it's good that they're getting hot and happy, hot under the collar, excited. They're very old young men, you know? Well, mate, if you, you want to beat these Kiwi teams, you, you, you need some, you mm. know, some men there. It was Preecy who threw that offload, but aside from that, he had a big, big game. I thought he's put himself in contention for the Wallabies um, squad. He had a really strong game. I loved when there was a little bit of niggle. He was getting into the Crusaders guy, pointing at players, saying, run at me. Like, let's go, boys. You know, we need boys playing for Aussie teams to stand up and just go, you know what? You guys have been dominant, but we're not going to let you roll over us. We're going to get into it like the Reds did on Saturday night and like did, yeah. and like Parisi did against the Crusaders on Saturday other. So, you know, I thought it was it was a good enough showing from the Tars. I thought the Crusaders' facial hair was a good uh, was a good touch. I didn't mind that at all. Yeah, that's very uh, like a, a boys on tour. Mm, yeah, type it was, thing, it was it? old fashioned stuff, but I didn't mind it. They had all the inside backs had to do chin straps. Yep. The outside backs, I think, had to do Kenny Powers. Um, and the front rowers and locks had to do these mad chops, but the chops were just like, you just literally just take a blade and just go down either side in between the pin and the top there. And um, it looked good. Like, it obviously looked shit, but it looked good. And I rated it. And it's good to see good to see teams doing something like that. Yeah. Felt a little bit for poor old Will Jordan. He's um, a bit like myself, uh, follically challenged on the face, yeah. and um, he couldn't get in on it. Um, I'm sure the boys would have given him plenty of stick for not being able to fit into the, the facial hair requirements of the the, um, the last game on tour. But that was, you know, something that builds camaraderie around a team, I reckon. Yeah. So maybe something for our boys to think about. Yeah, you know, it could be something for the Waratahs mm. to do. I mean, you know, they're a team that's, you know, a bit at sea at the moment. I think mm. this would be a good little team building. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Get, get, the boys, get the boys sorted out with some facial hair yeah. uh, facial hair jokes. Don't mind it. I think that would be way more useful than going down to some fuckhole in Double Bay and having mm. your fucking $10 schooners of some imitation European lager. Yeah, it would build team mentality a little bit more, I reckon. And um, we also had the Blues and the Brumbies over there in Eden Park. Knocked on on the ground, picked up. By the Brumbies, and that will end a strong second half built by the Blues to see them go to the top, or stay rather, at the top of the table in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. Perfect so far. 38 points to 10. They've seen off the Brumbies challenge. Always, always going to be tough. Yep. Always going to be tough. Scoreline does not reflect the game, and... No. Well, I don't know, mate. Look, as a a dart-in-the-wall... Brumbies, man. I uh, I thought you know 
we, we could have played a bit better than that. But again, mm. you know, you just give these Kiwi teams, you know, a shot at goal and they just fucking kick it. Mm. Yeah, or you give them an opportunity to score a try and they just score it. In the opening 20 minutes, the Brumbies knocked on or was stripped of the ball pretty much over the Blues try line twice at separate yes. occasions. Not like back-to-back. It was like they had that. it down there, lost the ball. Ten minutes later, came down there, lost the ball again. I don't know. I kind of, um, at the end of the game, I was sitting there and I was just thinking, is this what it feels like to be a conspiracy theorist? <laughs> Some of the refing in this game had me so perplexed, had me shouting at the TV, had me um, me and my mates pretty riled up about it. I, like, I was beginning to feel like maybe this is someone who, you know, knows Port Arthur's a false flag and no one else, no one else thinks that. You know, that someone who knows that Aww. the bushfires last year were were um, burning for high-speed rail all up the East Coast to connect the cities, and, and the rest of the world just can't see it. You know, the... I mean, I don't think those two conspiracy theories that you've just named there, you know, aren't really that too far from the truth. <laughs> you know, that this virus is just a way of controlling us via microchips. Well, not necessarily microchips, but, you know, there are certain ways like i think this is like this whole covid thing has got a lot to do with mm. you know governments having issues with overpopulation and stuff like that and um yeah it's perplexing the same way the blues can collapse a brumbies mall on the halfway line nothing for it then the brumbies knock on and the blues get the ball back and then they go down there and score which is potentially a 14 point swing because the brumbies rolling mall best rolling mall in the game got collapsed on the halfway line, they should be kicking it down to the 22 and rolling True. it in. You have Blues players who lie on top of the ball and then a Blues player goes to pilfer over the top of his player who hasn't rolled out of the way and then the Brummies get pinged for not cleaning out and holding on. You know, I'm sitting there, there's all these decisions. You get a Kiri Iwani, mm. uh, <clears throat> lift a Brummies player and put him on his head in a breakdown. Okay, not an issue. Brummies player goes to the bin for collapsing them all. You start wondering, am I going crazy? You know? Well, you know, you... you- you do have to take into account that you know the the, the Brumbies missed thirty tackles. Yes, yeah, and, and I'm and I'm not the saying Blues that is missed ten. You know the Blues won twice as many turnovers. Yep, 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 and and I'm getting all that. I know maybe the Brumbies shouldn't have won. Maybe they didn't deserve to win. But all of these kind of decisions are big moments in games. Brummies are down 24-10. That penalty, they should have kicked it down into the corner for collapsing them all. Potentially they, they score 24-17. They're within, a, they're within a try. Instead, they concede a try and then they're down by three tries. You know? Yeah, but look, you see, the Blues had way more kicks in play. Mm. Which is, I think, you know, part of the reason why they were always able to get back down the other end and keep mm. the Brumbies, you know, away from these opportunities where yeah. they could, you know carry the momentum on to score. Yeah, they definitely built sustained pressure on the Brumbies. They kicked it down into their half, and then when the Brumbies kicked it back, they tore them to pieces. And they were dominant. They were dominant. But, yeah, the little things that I sit there and I I feel the same way about Wallabies games quite often. I just, you know, I just wonder. I just wonder. I wonder how it all works. But that wasn't the case in the final game, which we'll speak about quickly now with the Mm -hmm. Highlanders just rolling through the Rebels down there at Leichhardt Oval. Oh, it's a game of inches... A game of centimetres. And the Highlanders denied a bonus point by a plucky Melbourne Rebels side here at Leichhardt Oval. A match played in brilliant spirit. It is the Highlanders victorious, though, 42 to 27. Well, when you look at it, like, you've got the Highlanders here, you Mm. know. 
the fly half mm-hmm. given five chances to give his team two more points. Mm-hmm. Get some more. Yep. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But that's the game. Yep. It was good to see the Rebels score some tries, though. They've been scared of scoring tries yep. uh, for a lot of the season. They so it was aren't great a to team see that. that score tries. No. And so they scored four, which was, was good to see. I like that. Um, I also love the fact that the Highlanders flew over to Sydney to play this game. Yep. They were supposed to be playing down in Queenstown at that picturesque stadium we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. But so desperate for bonus point wins are the Kiwi sides that they couldn't cop sharing two points and calling the game off because of the COVID situation down in Melbourne and the Melbourne players not being able to fly over. So they literally forego all of their revenue and decide to fly over to Sydney so they can beat the Rebels by a bonus point. Point, which they didn't. They only won with the regular four points and were apparently quite grumpy about that. They which, said they were disappointed that they um, didn't come home. Which with is the why point. I think that's easily the game of the round. Mm. That Reds win was fantastic. But to deny the Highlanders mm. uh, that and to cost them an ungodly amount of money. Yep. Fuck yep. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good win, actually. Yeah, you're right. That's Mate, an, un- an underrated win. The Rebels won that game. Yeah. It's interesting the way the Kiwi sides are talking about these things. Like, Brad Webber, the captain of the Chiefs, um, said they were devastated after that loss to the Reds <laughs> because their finals chances are over now. Like... I love the assumption that just that's it because they've lost one game to the Aussies and they didn't get yeah. a bonus point win. It's over for them. Like the Hurricanes who are above them play the Reds and the Brumbies in the next two weeks. The Highlanders who are also above them, uh, they play the Brumbies one week. The Reds uh, will play the Blues as well. And it's just humorous that these Kiwi sides, probably fairly so, are just assuming that all of the other teams are going to win with bonus points each week. So they've just got to win all of their games with a bonus point. It's a wild race to the top for the Kiwis. The Crusaders are also saying that they're disappointed that they didn't score um, more points and concede <laughs> less points against the Crusaders because they're worried that they're going to finish on the same amount of points as other teams yeah. and they need to have a better points differential. Incredible. Really, really is incredible. Now, um, we've got some good news, though, that we'll move on to. The Super W competition has finally been confirmed and locked in, which is great to see. It's been put off for a little while. It's been put off for too long by Rugby Australia, but it's finally on. We're going to have six teams in the comp, which Mm -hmm. is really good to see. We'll have all the um, five Super Rugby teams, but we'll also have a President's 15, which has got some other players in there, which is designed to give some more players opportunities to play against top-class opposition because we have got a World Cup next year. So it's crucial that our women's teams are playing decent competitive rugby for a few weeks to uh, try and get us up to scratch there. So those games, they start when in the... Yeah, yeah. So kicking off on the 19th of June, a couple games that weekend and then a game on the Thursday. Mm. Um, And then mostly just weekend games from then on in. But yeah, going around regional Australia, um, some games at Queen Bean, Coffs Harbour... Yeah, um, they've got a whole round there at Coffs Harbour. Yeah. They're going to play they've the Thursday night game and Harbor. then the weekend games at Coffs Harbour, which is great to see. You've got the Reds uh, calling uh, Norman Park home down there at Bottomley. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Home so the, uh, it's it's good to see the games are being taken the, to different parts of the, the country. The Cooparoo Cricket Club down there. I've had a few big days down there, mate. A few tins down there at the Cooparoo Cricket Club. But, yeah, all of those games, of course, will be on Stan Sport as well. Excited to see these um, these big rounds down there at uh, Coffs Harbour's International Stadium. Be good fun. Yeah, it's going to be good to see our women test themselves against the yeah. best in the country. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And uh, we also quickly should talk about the French 
They're supposed to be yep. coming out here in about six weeks' time for a three-match series against us. We've got a Wednesday yep. night game, which will be exciting, and then a couple of weekend games. Uh-huh. And they don't want to quarantine. They don't want to quarantine. That is, uh, that's been the story going around in the French newspapers over the last few days. They want to get off the aeroplane after coming from that godforsaken hellhole of a continent mm. of Europe. That they want to come out here and then they want to enter our community, possibly with this horrible plague running through their fucking veins. Yep, and then just go about spreading it to the rest of our country. Yeah, it's interesting that they can't understand that maybe, like, we don't... We don't have it here. And we don't really want it? Unless it's in fucking Victoria. I mean, like, it doesn't exist here. Yeah, it's such a foreign concept to them, isn't it? That just, like, COVID isn't an everyday reality. Like, it's just something that you just live with now. I think they've got uh, 150,000 active cases in France. Six million people have had it in France. Population of 73 million, I think. Um, They're up over 100,000 deaths. So, they just can't seem to understand that we actually don't really just want COVID doing that same thing to us. The quarantine restrictions aren't even that strenuous either, right? So, they've obviously got to do the two weeks of quarantine. And mm-hmm. while they're in quarantine, they'll get seven hours every day to train with each other. Yep. Seven hours. Fuck. I mean, if you're training for more than seven hours every day, fucking hell, you are putting in a big shift. And you're going to get a lot of soft tissue injuries anyway, so it defeats yeah. the purpose. But then after that seven hours, they're not allowed to hang out. They've got to be in their hotels and they'll get their meals in their hotel rooms. I mean, it's stupid that if they're contagious and they're going to be spreading it, that it's going to happen outside of those seven that They're going to prevent yeah. it from spreading outside of those seven hours. But anyway, seven hours a day as a team. Then you go back to your room, you know, do whatever it is you want to do. Play your PlayStation. Yeah, uh, I mean, go on like, TikTok. What the hell else do they want to do? I don't know. I mean, what else would they be doing? You know, do they just want the luxury of being able to, you know, to leave your hotel room and go down to the opera house and buy a $95 koala skin hat? Yeah, yeah, or some Ugg boots. I'm I'm not sure what it is exactly the French want to be doing. Like, I mean, maybe it's a pleasant summer's day for them to go and swim in the ocean, you know, a July day. Maybe they want to go down to Koji and do that. They can go down to the big blue bin and have a dip. Yep. I mean, the, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. They're also blowing up about having to pay $316,000, but most of that's going to get paid by Rugby Australia, and that's fair enough. I'll cop that. We should probably yeah. pay all of it. If they're coming out here, they're going to do the two-weeks quarantine. Yeah. They're going to play us. They're going to generate revenue for us. Mate, just pay the quarantine That's bill. only the salary of two board members. Yep. Just fuck two board members off. Yep. Off they go. French are covered, and then we can play three tests, and we desperately need those tests. You know, the Wallabies need some wins, and obviously we're hopeful that that's going to happen against the All Blacks, but... Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So it'd be great to get some wins against the French. Kiwi rugby is on the massive decline. Yep, yep, yep. As as we've said. So, you know, hopefully we'll get some wins there, but it'd be great to have some wins against the French who are going to be a little bit depleted, particularly for the first game because they're not allowed to bring players from the two top 14 teams. So they'll be missing a couple of players there. They'll probably be missing the likes of DuPont um, and, and Co. So, you know... We should be strong, strong favourites to get some wins there. So that'd be great. Whatever has to happen, let's make it happen. Let's get the French PlayStation yeah. 4s, Xbox Ones, whatever it is they want in their room. Yeah. Let's sort those boys out and um, you know, and get this some wine. Happening. Yeah. And some cheese. Yeah. Some, yeah. Not you know, so- heavy milligram 
darts. Yep, lots of <laughs> lots of blue cheese. Let's get culture. them that. Um, yeah, whatever it is they want, let's get it for them so we can chalk up a three 0 series win. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. So that's agenda number one for this week to sort that out. I reckon. I uh, had another look through uh, what happened in the Shoot Shield and the Hospital Cup. Mm. If you're interested in the Shoot Shield. Not as lopsided as it was last week. A few good games, close games. You know, probably the pick of the round would be uh, the Galloping Greens against the Southern Districts, mm. wherever they are. I that was a tight one, 25-24 yeah, or something I, I, like that. I think that's down in Kearns country yeah. down there yeah. in the Shire. But, yeah, look, things are positive. You know, rugby looks healthy. Um, Hospital Cup, very close games. I mean, as we've said, rugby has come alive in uh Queensland over the past yeah. 10 years and, and it's evident in the fact that they've got a very healthy uh, grassroots competition. Yeah, yeah. Brothers and Bond played out a 43-old draw which was a belter. West just went down to GPS by a couple of points. East got a win, a much-needed win against Norse 32-22 and Sunnybank pipped the Magpies 24-21 so some cracking games there in the Hospital Cup, which, of course, were all on Stan Sport and will all be on Stan Sport. So that will do us for this week. Uh, Great to be with you after a historic Aussie win up there in Townsville. Looking forward to a couple more this weekend. I reckon the Reds can get another win. The Reds will get another one. The can get another win. They're back home in Canberra. Fortress GIO. Fill the fortress. Good to be home. Let's get a win for them. It is going to be great to be home, particularly when the Brumbies beat the Hurricanes at home in Canberra. That will be great. Looking forward to talking to you about that next week. Anyway, have a good week. Enjoy the footy. We'll all be on Stan Sport. Thanks, guys.